Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by nerds. Well, two nerds. Jed and I. Episode 239, ProGuard with James Hamilton. I don't think people realize Mazen, but you're you're pretty tall. Like you're six foot six, and mm-hmm. you have I, I don't know what that is in non freedom units, but it's pretty tall. What what, what is it yeah. in centimeters? I think it's like two meters plus something like a little that. over two meters. Okay, yeah. I was expecting a little more precision than that, but let's let's go with that. Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> you're very American now after mm-hmm. after your time abroad, but also you have a very wide wingspan. You're like six foot eight. From from the very end of your hand, if you mm-hmm. spread your 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 arms very wide, and you're also built like an athlete because you are an athlete. So I do mention all the time you were a a pro soccer player, but I realized that you've never really told any soccer stories. Uh, someday we're gonna have to go through all of your like semi pro and pro days, but uh, give me a give me a fun memory of when you used to play. Yeah, so the one memory, kind of, we were chatting about this and. It reminded me of it was kind of towards the end of my high school career. I knew where I was going for for college and kind of coming to the U.S. And it was I want to say it was like a playoff game. It was either quarterfinals or semifinals for like our to end off our season in high school. We had a pretty good team. We would play some semi-pro teams in the in Nigeria. So I grew up in mm-hmm. a town called Jos. So not as big, but you know, our town professional team, which I played for a little bit mm-hmm. growing up. They were the champions of the Premier League. So pretty good scene in Nigeria in our town. So it was, I want to say it was tied and I made a save and I looked upfield and I saw one of our really fast strikers and I punted the ball as hard as I could and it bounced over the center back's head and he ran onto it and scored. Um, oh, wow. I know we won because we ended up getting to the finals and losing 2-1 in the finals. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it was a great memory getting us there with that assist and as goalkeepers, you know, you tend to just make the saves and yeah, you don't really score. Well, rarely if if that score a goal. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's so I don't know. People may know this, but I'm also a goalie at a very much lower level. Uh, I play ice hockey. I play uh, at our local rec league and I play goalie and I have gotten assists. What's funny is I've never mm-hmm. noticed it. Like I've just looked at the box score, like at the end of the season, be like, "Oh, I have three assists. How did I get assists?" Like, <laughs> but often it's it's like someone shoots it, like ricochets off. My team takes it, and in hockey, they are very kind of liberal about the assists that they'll give. So uh-huh. you can have one person take the the puck, go quite a ways up, and then give it to someone else, and they take a little bit, and then they shoot and they score, and and the previous two players will get an assist. So. Yeah. I kind of like that because, you know, as a goalie, it's, it's very difficult, but that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always fun. Like as a goalie, you're so focused on defense that you, you know, it's, it's fun to be involved with the offensive side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, uh, we've probably alienated half of our audience by talking about sports, uh, but we will move on. I'm Jamin Holmgren, your host and friendly CTO of Infinite Red. I'm located in the Pacific Northwest of the USA. I live 
in just north of Portland, Oregon, uh, with my wife and four kids on three acres. I'm joined today by my intelligent co-host, Mazen. I'm using intelligent this time Pressure's to on. offset the, the, the jock stereotype, uh, <laughs> I think, that we just came up with here. We need to find a good balance, right? <laughs> right, you do, yeah. Mazen lives in Durham, North Carolina with his wife and newborn boy. He is a former pro soccer player, as I said, and coach, and is a senior React Native engineer also here at Infinite Red. Today we have a guest too, and I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm always excited about our guests, but this one's kind of fun. It's a little different actually this time, uh, not a React Native developer. It's James Hamilton. James is a software engineer working on ProGuard and DexGuard, which we're going to be talking about at Guard Square, which is located in Leuven, Belgium. Is that, is that where you're actually located, James? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay cool. So, so you're actually in Belgium, uh, but you're originally from London, if I remember correctly here. That's correct, yes. Also, a f you were a senior research fellow for, for CERN. Do you say CERN or C-E-R-N? I guess I've never heard it said outside. So, yeah, yeah, you say CERN. Um, I was there for three years. Uh, that was a very interesting time and nice, yeah. nice, nice to live in the... Yeah, I bet. In Switzerland with mountains, chocolate. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I could probably do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> Uh, you also have a PhD from the University of London, which means I should be calling you Dr. James Hamilton. <laughs> like me, you've also been interested in computers for a very long time. And it says here that your first computer was an Amstrad, Amstrad, uh, CPC 464, which I've never heard of before. Yeah, this, this is an old, old computer. It's a British computer. So, oh, okay. That makes sense. Probably it didn't make it to the US. Yeah. So this was like Commodore 64 days, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Similar kind of computer. That makes sense. Yeah, that's that's pretty fun. I actually have in the corner of my office, I have a, the first computer that my dad ever got, which was a, uh, a 286. Um, so it's, uh, I actually don't know what brand offhand. I'd have to go look at it. But it went through a house fire, so it no longer works. But I do still have the shell of it, basically. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the US and Canada. If you're looking for React Native expertise for your next React Native project, hit us up. You can learn more on our website, infinite.red slash React Native. And don't forget to mention that you heard about us through the React Native radio podcast. Let's get into our topic for today, and it is shrinking your app with ProGuard. So this came onto my radar because in the React Native documentation, there's a very brief mention of a tool called ProGuard. And I mean very brief. It's just like a paragraph in a link. And it talks about how you can enable ProGuard to reduce the size of your Android APK file, which is, of course, the, 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 the file that you would ship to an actual Android phone. It is optional. Um, it can now they say slightly reduce the size of the APK. I feel like you're going to probably take exception to that characterization, but we'll get into that. Uh, it does this by stripping parts of the React Native Java bytecode and its dependencies that your app is not using. So it does like static analysis of your bytecode, not just like your your Java code, but the actual bytecode that is generated and can strip stuff out. They do put in a little warning, you know, make sure to thoroughly test it because there are, there's sometimes some configuration that needs to happen. You don't want to break things, obviously. And uh, enabling seems, at least from the documentation, to be as simple as 
enable enable ProGuard in release builds equals true in your your build.gradle. So that was that was kind of how it came on our radar. And I was like, what is this? What is this ProGuard? Like, where did it come from? Who built it? What's going on here? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a brief explanation, but I guess in, in the documentation they're quite uh, uh, accurate in what they say. So it's it's a tool that can reduce the size of your APK. Um, I would say, yeah, the word slightly there is maybe it depends. Um, yeah. So obviously it depends on your on your app, what maybe how many, uh, for example, third party libraries you use, or maybe how much of your code in your app is Java code and how much is JavaScript. So that's one thing about ProGuard is it, it's shrinking the Java bytecode. Java bytecode part of it. Yep. It's not touching the JavaScript part, but then it depends then how much, how much, uh, code you have not of your not just of your own java bytecode but also these third party libraries which maybe use for example one function so you pull in a, a library to use one function and then suddenly your your apk expands by megabytes because you just needed this one function and proguard can strip out all of that other unused code for you that's really cool is it um so in the javascript world we would probably refer to something like that as tree shaking is that kind of a similar concept yeah so that's that's uh that's one feature that program does uh, uh basically tree shaking yeah oh okay tree shaking for your bytecode yeah exactly yeah so it does tree shaking which is then using the based on like for example unused classes methods and then it also does bytecode optimization as well so it will actually look at the actual instructions, uh, analyze them, statically analyze them, and then determine which bits it can remove because they're not used. That, that's pretty cool. So if I built a pure Android app or even just a, um, a module, third-party module that went through uh, Java, let's say I had a function that I completely forgot about. You know, maybe the function was, um, I don't know, checking something. Let's say that wasn't used. You know, eventually I was like, you know what, we're not going to use this function anymore. I moved away, used a different function. Will it go as deep as finding that function, knowing that it's not being used and dropping it? So basically uh, what ProGuard does is it it looks at the code, it starts at uh, certain points in the code and then tries to follow all of the link. Uh, so if you call a method, it will follow that method call to the method and then it will look at the code in that method and, and it will try <laughs> to then collect all of the code which is used, and then it does this tree shaking thing where then the other code basically falls away because that's that's not used. That's awesome. Okay, that's a great feature. And yeah. I can see how that can strip because a lot of the third-party libraries I know that we use in, in JavaScript specifically, you know, one that comes to mind is Lodash. You might import Lodash for one or two <laughs> functions. Famously. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And now you have this huge huge, I use huge in quotes, library out there that if it was trimmed down to just those two functions would be so much, so much lighter. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Tried um, yesterday, just creating a React native sample. Um, I guess just following the documentation in the most basic sample and running ProGuard on that saves one megabyte. A megabyte, just right out of the just, box, just yeah. like turning it on. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, just whatever the, the sample does that when you, you the, uh, when you create it with the command line tool. Well, that right there kind of like sells itself. You know, you turn it on and it, and it works. Um, it, it just reminds me, uh, Joe Armstrong, who created Erlang, said uh, you wanted a banana, but what you got was a gorilla holding the banana and the entire jungle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So uh, 
once you run ProGuard, you get the banana. That's what you get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How long have you been working on ProGuard for, James? Uh, so I've been at, uh, working on ProGuard uh, at GuardSquare for three years now. Uh, so actually this month is my three-year anniversary at GuardSquare. It seems like a good fit for what you've studied. Uh, you've, you know, my notes have uh, that you've studied, you know, stat static analysis of bytecode and uh, have a lot of other kind of experience within this realm. Yeah, so at, at uh, university, I, I did a PhD uh, in static analysis. Uh, there I was looking at um, communities in code. Uh, so I was looking for the connections between different parts of code uh, and uh, if you have dependencies between uh, lines of code or instructions, uh, how that looks if you uh, mm. think of it as a community, so like a kind of a social network of instructions. Oh, no way. I didn't, I've never thought about that before. That totally makes sense, though. Uh, and uh, yeah, so when, when, when I left CERN, I was looking for a new job and I wanted to do something related to my PhD, and this was a perfect fit. I love re the React Native, you know, people community uh, that is out there, and I feel like it's it's awesome that that you have these collisions of ideas between native developers and often web developers, JavaScript developers. One of the things that we sometimes get wrong is we don't think in terms of we we think in terms of the tools we know. You know, we think about tree shaking the JavaScript side of things. We we think about all the optimizations we can do over there. We don't think about often the 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 parts and pieces that can really or the tools I should say that can really make your 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 native app uh, faster because that is a whole component of this. It's marrying two different things together. Um, but I do think it's really cool that. You know, th this is Android only. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you have done any uh, iOS stuff uh, at, at this point, or is it just the Android side? So, um, so ProGuard stuff is not Android only. It's for Java bytecode. So actually, oh, okay, it's also for Java desktop server applications as well. And, I see. And that, so it's the whole Java yeah, ecosystem. So that's actually that's actually where ProGuard started. Mm, um, makes sense. But you're, but you're right. It's it's not not for iOS. Yeah, makes sense. Then Gradle at least used to come with ProGuard enabled. I don't know. There's some mention of an R8 compiler as well. Can you give us kind of a little rundown of what's going on over there? Because I, I hadn't heard of the R8 compiler before doing some research for this episode. Yeah, so basically um, ProGuard used to be part of the Android build system since uh, I think about 2012 or something like that, 2010, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, and uh, in the last few years, Google have been building their own um, compiler, which includes also a tree shaking function and optimizations. So that that's what R8 is, and that's the replacement in the Google build mm -hmm. system for ProGuard. But it, it's completely compatible. The 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 rules, the same rules, the rules are the same. Like yeah. The configuration you say enable ProGuard still. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> But ProGuard is, is still there. So we also, yeah. so you can enable ProGuard in, in your app as well. You can choose between R8 ProGuard. They both had the same similar kind of tree set shaking features. Uh, and your, your company, the, the company you work for, GuardSquare, did a comparison of it, uh, on the website, which was, was interesting. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a huge difference between the two. Probably Google just wanted more control and, uh, they that's why they're pushing their thing but uh proguard's totally totally still a viable thing um is proguard an open source project 
the SuperGuard is uh, open source and uh, it's been that way from the start. Nice. So, and I think one of the nice things about GuardSquare is that it was built on top on top of ProGuard, basically. Like, okay, yeah. So, so, so ProGuard started as a as a, a hobby project like twenty years ago, uh, and then out of that became Dex uh, became uh, came DexGuard, which is the Android security tool. Mm -hmm. Out of that came GuardSquare. Uh, so now now uh, we're protecting uh, with DexGuard. Uh, uh, billions of apps around the world so that's a whole nother thing and we we do want to get into dex card because i i dex guard let me let me yeah. pronounce it correctly here <laughs> i said dex card uh rolodex uh i don't know uh so <laughs> but it's a it's a security thing and uh again another thing that we need to make sure that we are doing as react native developers that we're properly securing our, our apps. I have one more question. I, I realize I'm kind of hogging the, the questions here, Mazen, but no. it just occurred to me, are you are you looking at a, like AI analysis of this stuff? Like, you know, using actual uh, AI tools like like TensorFlow or anything like that for these these types of things? Uh, so far, no, we, we haven't been going in that direction. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the core uh, static analysis codes uh, index so there is just looking at the the code and and then figuring out how it works statically right. so it may not be a, a great application for ai in in this case um because it's probably a little bit more of a i don't know how to describe it but it's a little more of a pure function there where you can you can just look and see is this used or not and then if yeah, not remove yeah, it yeah. cool so does i know you mentioned dexguard does the security aspect does ProGuard have any security features within it or just what we're calling tree shaking here yeah so ProGuard is all about shrinking optimization so there's tree shaking <laughs> and then there's also the bytecode optimization as well so the actual code optimization mm -hmm. and then there is the name obfuscation okay it's more of a kind of security by accident feature cool okay it reminds me of uglifier uh for javascript <laughs> which basically would mm -hmm. take uh take pretty javascript code and then compress it down and change all the names into something ugly yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's basically what it does and uh it's one layer but it, it it's not going to stop someone from right. a it's not going to stop a reverse engineer from understanding your app yeah that makes sense so that brings in dexguard yeah can you go into DexGuard? Like, what is DexGuard? How does it compare to ProGuard? Um, do they work together? Yeah, so DexGuard is uh, is a security tool. So that's the the products that GuardSquare sells for uh, protecting Android applications. It's compatible with ProGuard, so the same ProGuard rules uh, can be used. But there are a lot of other features on that, and there's a lot of layers of security that are applied on top of the basic name obfuscation that ProGuard can do. Uh, and DexGuard also does uh, dynamic protection as well. So at runtime, it can tell if someone is, is for example, trying to uh, hook your app, hook a function uh, to try and understand dynamic uh, dynamic attack on apps. That's very interesting. So it will go through everything in your entire app, control flow as well, a bunch of different things, code virtualization. What's code virtualization? I'm looking at the list here. Oh, this is a very, very nice uh, feature DexGuard. So basically, it will, uh, when you apply DexGuard, it will generate a virtual machine with its own instruction set, and it will put, it will convert some of the code uh, that's originally in your app into this new instruction set and execute on this virtual machine in, in your app. 
And it will do that for lots of different bits of code in your app. So that all over your app, there are different uh, kind of virtual machines, virtualized instruction sets. Interesting. So oh. it's like many virtual machines running within the JVM, really, right? Or whatever mm -hmm. is the current Yeah, so then for a reverse machine. engineer, then they have to understand these generated instruction sets. Right. Uh, and yeah. and it's random as well. So these these are generated randomly. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So what types of apps might benefit from, obviously ProGuard, everybody can benefit from. Just turn it on, you know, go do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but like DexGuard, obviously that's more of a paid product and more of a, a thing that like, who who should be, who should be like, yo, CTO, we need to get DexGuard on our app. <laughs> I, I think many, many apps can benefit from, from DexGuard. Mm -hmm. And it's probably something that uh, some people don't even think about. They're developing this nice app and, and it's, it's all working nicely. And then, and then, uh, and then suddenly someone has, uh, uh, cloned their app or hacked their app or. Right. Well, someone like, like Coinbase, uh, I know they're on React Native. They should be using DexGuard. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you can't say if they're a client or not, but that's a, that's totally <laughs> a, uh, an example. Uh, anybody who's doing anything, uh, financial or medical, health, like, yeah, if, definitely, yeah, health, definitely, yeah. Like that, that makes sense to me. So yeah, totally. Anyone that kind of, you know, just wants to secure their, their user's information, especially if you're collecting that user's information, that could be very helpful. Uh, another, another use case is also gaming as well mm. so, to mm -hmm. prevent against cheaters, for example. Cheaters. Yeah. But hmm, good to know. This is, this is the Robin favorite question here, um, usually on the show, but what sucks about ProGuard? What's <laughs> something that ProGuard <laughs> needs to work on? Um, I think one of the frustrating things that a lot of people find is the configuration, mm. um, the configuration yeah. and, and, and the warnings that are produced by ProGuard. Mm. Um, so ProGuard tries to be kind of helpful. It, it tells you that there are some missing classes that it doesn't know about because to do the analysis, it needs to know about the whole application, all of the classes that are used, uh, all of the libraries. And, and it will tell you that it's missing. This class, this class, this class. Yeah. Sometimes there can be thousands of these warnings, and and uh, this is something I think that that can be improved. Um, and then the configuration itself. Um, so basically, you need to configure ProGuard because, for example, if you're using reflection, then ProGuard, when it does its analysis, it cannot like follow these trails uh, of like method calls, for example. Because it, the, the name of the method may be generated at runtime dynamically. Mm, yeah. If you're using reflection. Yeah, exactly. So then ProGuards cannot know if something is used or not. So even if a method is used, if you're calling it by reflection. Explain to people who don't know what calling by reflection means. Like, explain like I'm five here. So basically, you can call a method Java or in Kotlin uh, in JavaScript, I'm not sure. By giving it a name as a string, for example. So you can build this string at runtime uh, and you can tell, you can tell Java to invoke this method. You give it the string, uh, which is the name of the method and you tell Java invoke this method and the method is invoked as usual. But it's not like a, it's not, it's not like you can't just look and find that symbol in, in the code. In fact, uh, so just to put it in terms for the JavaScript developers, let's say that you wanted to be able to call on a string to uppercase or to lowercase. But what you did was you had a string that was two variable case, and then the variable could switch between lower or upper 
depending on some if statement somewhere. So uh, you would have then it's building the in like maybe string interpolation. It would create two uppercase or two lowercase, and then you put it in brackets. Like you you would take your your string. You know you'd put like a or after your variable you'd put a square bracket and put the the variable in with the name and then just invoke it with parentheses at the end. And that would then do what it's supposed to. You know, it's gonna call two lowercase, two uppercase, but you can't just search your code base for two uppercase to find mm -hmm. all of the two uppercase. Because this is gonna call two uppercase, but you're not gonna find that string two uppercase in your code base. So that's, uh, I think, essentially what you're talking about, James, right? Yeah, exactly. And and so then the same is true in, in Java. And then ProGuard cannot then determine that two uppercase or two lowercase need to be kept because it cannot see that. So then those methods may be removed. Makes sense. And then, you're, then your app would crash. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. so that, that's where the configuration comes in. So you need to tell ProGuard um, with keep rules uh, mm -hmm. to keep something. So, so you basically, you basically say keep class, uh, whatever the, the method, like the name of the class and the, and then the method, uh, the descriptor of the method, the name of the method. It looks similar to Java code, the configuration format. It's, it's a bit different because you can put wildcards in. One thing that I think is kind of cool in the, um, the rules is you have a, why are you keeping, uh, <laughs> option? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why is this still there? Like, do I have something somewhere that's that's calling this? Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and this this is can actually be quite useful because uh, you can end up with a lot of rules, like hundreds yeah. or, or more of rules, and not only your own rules because libraries can ship ProGuard rules uh, mm. inside the the Android uh, AR phone. Yeah, and this to me sounds like make sure you test your app in production too before you ship it out because very easily something that's working in development again you know proguard usually would probably enable it only in production once it once the bundle you know we're talking about shrinking the apk so at that point in time so if you're running it in react native you might not run into any issues because proguard hasn't run its run its features yet so test in production before you ship it and you never know that, that's actually pretty cool and I, I like the the different rules that you have that it makes it very, you know, simple to use, but also gives you a lot of control over how it functions, still giving you all its features at once. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty cool. And uh, and as so I said, it's yeah. This is one of the things that's maybe a bit frustrating about the about ProGuard. And so we have some mm -hmm. tools to help with this. So last um, last year we released the ProGuard Playground, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so this is our online tool where you can upload an APK or JAR file and you can type in some rules there and it will show you what uh, entities, classes, methods, fields in your app match those rules. Oh, that's fantastic. That is really cool. You yes. just drop in your .apk or .jar file and then it will just kind of like scan it and then you can play with your rules to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm adding that to the show notes. Yeah, I'm adding that to the show notes. That's something... I think every developer should play with once they have their APK. Uh, so that, that can save also a lot of time instead of uh, like if you're trying to figure out which rules you need, mm. um, you can do it interactively with the program playground instead of uh, typing a rule, building your app, uh, 
putting it on the device, running it to see if it works or not, mm. to see if the, the rules match. Yeah, and, and that, uh, that shortens the feedback cycle, the yeah. feedback loop yeah. uh, tremendously. Uh, so ProGuard is on GitHub, and uh, I believe, is it written in Java, actually? It is, yes. Yeah. So it, it itself, do you, uh, do you run ProGuard on ProGuard's <laughs> binary? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there is even a configuration for doing that in the ProGuard repository. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I right. just, I love, I love those types of kind of like, <laughs> uh self-referential or or dog fooding or whatever yeah um that's pretty that's pretty fun uh well i think this is it's it's like i feel like uh i don't know like i with, with this podcast i want to expose react native developers to tools that are maybe not within their normal wheelhouse that uh maybe are sort of in a little bit considered sort of like the dusty corners of react native like what what is this thing that's kind of lurking over here? I know it's here for a reason, but why? You know, what is it? Um, so I'm I'm really glad you came on, James. Uh, one last question here: What does the future hold for ProGuard? What do you have kind of in in your plans? Um, well, I think uh, one of the things that we've been working on a lot in the last couple of years is uh, is ProGuard Core. Uh, so what we did two years ago, we took the, the core analysis and uh, uh, framework that both ProGuard and DexGuard use, and we split that into a separate project. Uh, and so this way, we, we give the, the tools that uh, ProGuard and DexGuard use uh, to other people that they can also use to build their own projects. Uh, and, and we've been adding a lot of new um, code analysis functionality to that project recently. Um, because we also use that core library as part of our app sweep service as well. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, very cool. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, but thanks so much, James. Really awesome to have you on. I know there's a lot more that you could talk about here, but we always want to leave, leave the, leave the listeners wanting more, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to nerd out more about React Native, uh, check out my Twitch stream. I'm on rn.live. You can also find it on YouTube, youtube.infinite.red. I'm actually streaming to Twitter live as well. I, I found, found a way to do that. That was kind of cool. You can also join our Slack community at community.infinite.red. We have over 2,000 React Native developers in there. You can check out the new Twitter community, which has been really cool, rntwitter.infinite.red. Some people don't have access to this, including Robin for some reason. So sorry about that if Twitter doesn't give you access. But didn't we figure out? the solution to that i thought so but, but then it didn't, it didn't work yeah okay uh so you know whatever where can people find you online james where where are you on twitter uh so uh, i'm on twitter it's uh jag underscore hamilton perfect you can find me there awesome so people can uh hit you up with with further questions if yeah, they have yeah. any mazen uh where are you at at Mazen Chami. And you can find me at Jamin Holmgren. You can find React Native Radio at React Native RDIO. Thanks again to James for joining us to get today. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our assistant editor and episode release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, our designer, Justin Husky, and our guest coordinator, Derek Greenberg. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out at infinite.red slash React Native. Special thanks to all of you listening today. Make sure to subscribe on all the ma major podcasting platforms. I don't know why I say all the, like, do they really need to subscribe on every single one of them? Probably just one, whatever just your favorite one. one. Yeah. yeah. 
just go find react native radio on there and subscribe you know what i'm okay if you subscribe subscribe on ones you don't use either inflate those numbers you know it makes us feel good <laughs> we'll see y'all next time <laughs>